Hi, friends. Welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast, hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I've got a friend of mine from high school here today, um, another friend of mine from high school, (laughs) Um, and I'm so excited to have you here, Nicole. Will you introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, everybody. Um, My name is Nicole Lombardo, and I know Liz from high school, as as she said. Um, I am a physical therapist and a um, certified strength and conditioning specialist, so for work, you know, I see patients, um, but I kind of uh, kind of do like the non-traditional stuff where I'm not always in a clinic. I see uh, right now patients and clients virtually. I teach classes online. I am working on a lot of digital content by writing blogs and, and putting out information on the internet to just educate everyone on the human body and fitness and just feeling better. Yeah, I've uh, I've been kind of watching the journey and watching you evolve, um, and it, it's so interesting to see people who are like really passionate about what they do, and you know, it kind of is integrated in the rest of their life. Um, and I remember kind of watching you kind of go through um, like a CrossFit, like a serious CrossFit phase, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and now in more of like the educational aspect, or at least you know that's what I'm seeing more of. Um, and it's really cool to see you know, people that you know from life, like participating in something scholarly or something educational. Um, so I'd, I'd love to, to hear kind of a little bit more about like, maybe how you got interested in, um, you know, physical therapy and training and, and educating uh, people and your patients and things like that. Yeah. Um, so I started getting into fitness in college. Um, I walked onto the track team at uh, the University of Delaware uh, my sophomore year. And I, you know, we did some weightlifting and stuff there. And I was like, Hey, I really like this stuff. And, uh, although we, you know, in high school sports, we, we would work out, it was just different, like having to train for something, at a, I guess a higher level was really interesting. So I thought I want to, you know, somehow do this with my career. And I was studying biology at the time. So it kind of fit because I was learning about the human body and science. And then, uh, my senior year of college, I started working as a personal trainer at a a local YMCA. And I knew I wanted to go to grad school for something, but I wasn't really sure what. Uh, I knew med school wasn't for me. I just thought it was a lot of work and I'm not really good with blood. So that wouldn't (laughs) work. So, you know, I graduated college working as a personal trainer. And then I, uh, I forgot who someone suggested, why don't you check out physical therapy? So I was Working, I got a job at a physical therapy office that you could like see from my parents' house <laughs> and I really liked it and I applied to schools and then I probably two years, it was two years after undergrad, I got into PT school and started, started that. Um, and throughout my, throughout PT school, um, right before PT school, actually I got super into CrossFit. I drank the Kool-Aid, CrossFit was everything. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I, worked as a CrossFit coach all throughout PT school. I found a, a really great community. And I think anyone who's, who's done CrossFit, it's the community that kind of gets you hooked. Like, yes, it's a, it's a great workout. You, you feel great. You start to look great, but the community is really what gets you going. So um, 
you know, I was with them all throughout PT school and even after. Uh, and I definitely, you know, as I learned more about the human body and PT, um, I, I knew that education was the way I wanted to go. So, you know, I saw people coming into the gym and, you know, going all out and some, and I started to realize like, this isn't, you know, you can't just work out and go, go all out all the time. There, there's, there's a time and place for rest and everyone's body is so different. Some people have restrictions. Some people are too mobile. Some people are not mobile enough and we can't all do the same thing to the same capacity. We have to kind of modify it. So I kind of use my journey of being a trainer in the CrossFit world and uh, learning about the human body to kind of just help, help everyone. So help, you know, help people prevent getting hurt and prevent people who are hurt and how they can, you know, modify how they can still work out, but, you know, not hurt themselves even more. Wow. That's so seriously so interesting um and so many things that we didn't even talk about talking about so i'm <laughs> really excited <laughs> kind of opened a lot of doors there um the first thing that really opened up for me um when you were sharing that was the community of crossfit so um mm -hmm. when i was deployed to kuwait uh back in 2016 i mm -hmm. really didn't get into crossfit but there were two gyms there there was a regular gym with mm -hmm. the cardio machines and you know um the dumbbells and like a lot of uh mirrors and mats uh and things like that and then there was um a crossfit gym and the crossfit gym was so much less crowded and all of the equipment was like pretty brand new and there were like ropes and like pull-up bars and it was like nice this awesome music was always playing there and it was like so appealing and so fun <laughs> um and so my friends that i was training with that were going to the crossfit gym would like tell me about these you know, these classes that they were taking and this community and the whole thing. And I just being a, you know, a lifelong athlete, I always kind of sought out community. Um, mm -hmm. And same thing, I played, you know, college sports and I walked on to college sports as well. And it was so something that I missed after college, which is like a big part of the reason why I enlisted in the military in the first place was like yeah. to continue that camaraderie, you know? Um, but it was so something like above and beyond other, uh, you know, athletic training that I had seen in the past was this, this world of CrossFit. Um, so even though I never really drank the Kool-Aid completely, I was like super into it and like, I got it, you know? Um, right, right. But I, I loved kind of the way that you like narrowed it down. Like you had this interest in this, this field, you know, started out as like biology and you kind of tried a couple of things, but like you realized within the worlds of PT that you were more interested in the teaching and how like you've kind of developed as, you know, this, this leader and this teacher um, from something that you found yourself to be interested in and then good at, um, and then developed it like through your own journey. Um, and there really is such, there's such an opening for that um, with, you know, the world of social media that we have now that everybody can kind of find like their, their niche thing. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the pivot that we were all forced to take as a result of the pandemic and everything kind of going virtually, um, <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of how I got interested in this kind of women's empowerment thing that I'm leaning into right now is like, uh, how can more women become involved in this? Um, so your story is very empowering um, for m a million different reasons than I even reached out to you for. <laughs> so, well, 
You're very welcome. Um, really cool to see that. Um, I'd love to hear more about um, kind of what you were saying about how, you know, we all have different bodies, different restrictions, um, different ways that we can modify what we're doing and even ways to kind of like prevent. Um, so is there anything kind of like in your experience that mm -hmm you feel like is just really general knowledge that people can use to either incorporate this is like such a vague question i don't what what is something that you would like to talk about nicole <laughs> yeah i mean i think you know in in general um no matter really what you do for work uh mostly everything we do is in front of us right so where we wake up and we eat. So that's in front of us. We get in our car, we're driving, that's in front of us. We're on our computer, it's in front of us. We're on our phone, everything's in front of us. So, you know, if we don't, if we aren't aware of like our postures and our just like general stretching and how we're positioned throughout our day, I mean, you eventually like gravity is just gonna pull us forward and you, you know, that's, it's, you kind of look like that hunched over old lady, which no one wants to be. So my, right. my goal and everything, and, and I think that's a big topic that I talk about with a lot of people. And most of my patients, whether they have neck pain, shoulder pain, back pain, that's usually where I start with them. Because like I said, everything's in front of us and almost everyone I work with can do a little bit better of a job of positioning themselves better at work when they're eating, driving, um, and even, you know, if, if they are someone who works out, a lot of times they are in that hunched over position and they, they go to lift up some weights or they get, you know, they get running and they're still in that hunched over position. So um, that's always where I start with, with people. It's so interesting. Um, you know, I obviously noticed like different body types when I was traveling and, you know, just mm -hmm. in the United States, we are just much bigger people, like yeah. in, you know, height and stature, but also like in weight. Um, and the elderly people, although in Italy, I would say they were the most similar in like weight and hunched overness <laughs> to okay. American elderly um, than the rest of Europe. It felt like the rest of Europe, their elderly like still held themselves up. I mean, and this could just be my own biased American opinion, um, <laughs> but it felt like, you know, in Germany and in the Netherlands and in Greece, like their elderly were still like holding themselves up. Where in Italy, it did feel like they were, I, I also spent the most time in Italy, so it could have been mm -hmm. that I just saw them the most, um, but yeah. the elderly still seemed to be like hunched over. And mm -hmm. it definitely like makes sense to me that, you know, in culture with the, the need for instant gratification and the need for, you know, fast technology and everything just now, now, now and immediate, um, mm -hmm that we have that, you know, there, there's no walking anywhere. There's, you know, you walk to your car and then you go from your car to your office. Um, and so interesting sure. to, <laughs> to have it, you know, uh, laid out in front of me, uh, as you're saying, um, and that hunched overness is, mm -hmm. it's, it's very American of us, but it's also, you know, we're a product of our generation. Um, yes. so it's, it's this whole age and it's probably going to be more cross-cultural, um, you know, as technology, gets better and better. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, uh, it's something that everybody complains about. And it's like kind of this ongoing joke of like, once you hit 30, it's all downhill. But like, was it always <laughs> like that? Like, were our parents like broken back to like at 30 years old, you know? 
Right. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm always curious about that. <laughs> I don't it, know. It seems like it's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's so interesting. So what do you do when, so, so how do you, I guess, coach or teach um, your patients and I guess our listeners today um, on how to kind of incorporate body uh, movement into their day or hold themselves up more, you know, efficiently, effectively, like in a way that isn't going to create more long-term damage. Yeah. So usually I always start with uh, what do you do for work? Because I feel like that's what we spend the majority of our, our week doing is we're, we're working. So, you know, if you are sitting at a desk, uh, just making sure you have a good setup. Um, and I know a lot of people are in really strange setups right now, since most people are working remotely. Um, but it's, you know, I could talk it through, um, but I think the best way is to just let Google like a good desk ergonomic setup. And there's images that I Google that all the time and print out like the first few pictures that show up and give them right to, you know, my, my clients and my patients. And, you know, both, both sitting and standing have, have value to it. You know, you can't spend your whole day standing because, you know, people who have jobs where they're standing and walking all day, they have issues too. You need to, you need to mix it up. Um, so yeah, I would suggest, you know, looking up a good ergonomic setup and do your best to set your desk up like that and, and get creative. So you can spend, you know, a few grand on a desk that adjusts up and down, or you can use what you have in your house, like books or Amazon boxes. I feel like everyone has that and just stack up your, your monitor and, and adjust it to make it fit for you. Yeah. You know, that's, that's definitely like always the answer is like, do your research. So often we're like looking for the quick fix, the quick answer. I was even literally just asking you for the quick fix and the quick answer. Like <laughs> definitely Google it before you ask a doctor or a physical therapist. That's really funny. And so true. Well, there's definitely value for Googling some things because there are some things, you know, if you have pain, I would say Googling it can help, but sometimes can also be worse because it could also make you, could drive you nuts. So, um, you know, if you have a, a doctor or physical therapist, someone that you trust, when it comes to pain, I, I would definitely reach out to them before Googling. But as far <laughs> as a, a, a basic postural setup, Googling um, works. That definitely works. <laughs> All right, good to know. So guys, still go to the doctor if you're in pain, but prior <laughs> to that, use, you know, your brain and research things. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. So something that you uh, had also mentioned to me the last time we spoke and that I really loved um, was finding ways to get movement into your day um, for people who are super busy. Um, mm -hmm. And I read about this um, a couple of years ago and I've, I've kind of been someone who like takes the stairs anytime there's an option to um, and like will run to the car and like do foot races with people sometimes like when we have a, you know, a close distance. So yeah, I mean, and like if I hear music and I really feel in the mood to dance, like I'm going to dance really hard for that like minute or two. If I know it's like a day where I'm not going to get exercise, but sometimes I tell people these things and they're like, you're a lunatic. And I'm like, no, that's how you exercise. <laughs> so now coming from a real person <laughs> other than myself, um, what's a way that people can get, um, exercise in? Yeah. So, you know, it depends on what your day looks like. If, even if you have 10 minutes, I think, um, like 
if you have a routine you like, great. You can just set a timer for 10 minutes and just run through a few movements that, that you enjoy doing, right? So it, it, it's something you like, whether it's Zumba or if it's just doing like body weight squats for, you know, for 10 minutes, just something quick. Um, and if you don't have 10 minutes, finding movement throughout your day, again, if you're, if you're working, something I always suggest to people who, you know, say they're super busy, they can't get away from their desk is if you drink a lot of water, you're going to have to keep getting up to fill up your water bottle. And then you'll have to keep getting up to go to the bathroom. Uh, and similar to what you said, just taking the long route. So if, I mean, I know everyone's home right now, but if you can, you know, when you get up, just go up and down the stairs, that's a way to get movement in. Or if you are at your office, take the, the longer route to, you know, get to the bathroom. I used to love that trick when I, for the brief time that I worked in an office in my life, I, I knew early that it wasn't for me. Um, my, my office was like really small. Like there were like seven people in the office. Um, so yeah. the bathroom was not far. So the only way to really like add steps for that, for that was to drink so much water that I had to go to the bathroom constantly. And people would yeah. just as often as they would see me go to the bathroom, they would see me filling up my water. So it was legit. <laughs> it works. It works. And I mean, drinking water has so many other benefits. Like, of course, yeah. Do it, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so like you said, um, you know, we're not really in our offices anymore. Um, as we mentioned already, we've had to like pivot and we are in our own homes. So people who, you know, I, I keep going back to like teachers, I guess, because I worked with children for so long. And so a lot of the people I follow on social media and things like that work with kids, it's mm -hmm. people who even previously were really working on their feet and doing a lot more like maybe bending and picking things up and things like that. If they're still virtual, which a lot of things are because of all of the weird COVID closures, um, mm -hmm. what is, can you give us some examples of, I guess, like a good setup and like how to, you know, really improve the way that we're sitting and the way that we're doing the things that we're already doing if we're like in an office setting? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I would, I would agree. My mom uh, is a teaching assistant and she went from being on her feet all day, you know, up and down stairs, grabbing kids. And now she's at the couch on her laptop. So her posture is pretty bad. <laughs> oh man. Um, and I didn't even think of that. Like people who are sitting on their couches for all these virtual meetings. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's comfortable, but not, not so great long-term for, yeah. <laughs> for half a square. Um, yeah. So I'll talk you through how you know, if you're sitting down at your at your laptop or desktop, whatever you have, what a good a good setup would be. So first, you want to find a chair where your feet can sit flat on the ground. So if the seat goes up and down, great. Um, you know, for people who are shorter, they might have to go a little bit lower so that their feet touch. Uh, if you're so short that your chair doesn't go all the way down, then you can put something underneath your feet to get your feet flat. But that's step one is to get feet flat. And then from there, you want a you want about 90 degree bend in your knees and your hips. So again, depending on how tall or short you are, you might have to adjust the chair for that. Maybe put something underneath your feet, put something underneath your hips. But we're looking at flat feet, 90 degrees at the knees, 90 degrees at the hips. From there, then you want your, your tabletop or your desk, wherever you're at, to be at about the height of your elbows. So anything higher is going to shrug your shoulders and that can just lead to shoulder pain and muscle tightness in the neck and, and we don't want that. So 
having the your table at the height of your elbows just kind of allows you to relax your shoulders a bit. And then from there, you want to make sure your shoulders are pulled slightly back. So when we're on a keyboard, we tend to go forward and kind of get in that hunched position, which we don't want. So pull the shoulders slightly back. And then from here, you're just going to align your ears over your shoulders. So what you do is a little bit of a chin tuck. So if you picture your chin just resting flat on something, you're just going to slide it gently backwards. And this probably will feel really awkward. So I don't expect you to spend your whole eight hour day in this position, but if you can just remind yourself here and there to get into this position where you're sitting nice and upright, your shoulders are relaxed, your feet are supported. Even, so what I, what I tell people all the time is, look, this position's not comfortable, but if you set an alarm on your phone for once every 30 minutes, and you can remind yourself to do it for 30 minutes and it lasts 30 seconds, you're still spending a lot more time in a much better position than not thinking about it at all. Wow, okay. That's such an interesting way to think of it. Again, because it's it's kind of like mindfulness and it's just, you know, it's a practice. Yeah. Like you have yep. to you have to figure it out, you have to work on it. And like with, you know, with meditation, like you're if you meditate at all, you know that like your mind starts to wander almost immediately and you have to like yeah. <laughs> gently bring yourself back and that's okay that you start to wander. And it's the same thing with like holding your posture correctly. Like you're going to start to naturally relax back into the more comfortable position. That's no good for any parts of your body. <laughs> but yep. if you gently remind yourself to like come back to what you were focusing on and the reminder of like, you know, a gentle alarm on your phone or something to just like bring you back to the thought that you were, you know, trying to hold yourself correctly. As yeah. you're like giving the steps, I'm like thinking about all the things that are wrong with my desk setup <laughs> and all the things I'm going to need to change. And I'm in school um, full time. So all my classes are online currently to be a court reporter. So when I'm sitting at my cool. machine and I have to be sitting, you know, absolutely correct. And all the 90 degree things and feet flat, flat on the floor are all the things that they teach us, you know, in school, you know, keep your core tight, keep your back straight. Um, but as soon as I go from my, um, my steno machine to my laptop. <laughs> I raise my arms like about 45 degrees from uh, up from yeah. my elbows and mm -hmm. I definitely shrug my shoulders. Um, and so there's a lot that I'm going to have to readjust, talk to Joey about. I yeah. <laughs> new stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if you do a lot of work on your laptop, what I uh, highly suggest, and this is something I used to like advise people on all the time. And I admittedly did not take my own advice until probably April. Um, but for, <laughs> for, for my laptop, I got a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse. So I was able to prop up my laptop on a, a surface that was higher. So it was more eye level. And then I was able to just keep my arms relaxed and not have to like lean forward to look at my screen. But the wireless keyboard with the laptop is so great. And then just stack the laptop up on like a few books or boxes. You know, we have the wireless keyboard and the wireless mouse and I'm using them, and, but I'm, I didn't realize that, you know, I was sitting wrong, so I wasn't sure. <laughs> um, yeah, there you okay. go. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, great. So, um, I guess if you are, I mean, now I'm just trying to think of like other hypothetical situations. So that's yeah. people who, um, you know, went from a kind of on their feet now to a more stationary job. Um, I guess 
probably most people haven't done the reverse of that. But if somebody is maybe getting a job for the first time where they're on their feet um, or, uh, you know, coming out of like college where they've just never had, a, you know, any kind of a job before, what can we do if we are going from, um, from a stationary to like a more mobile, uh, you know, job or lifestyle, maybe they've picked up working out or something, um, just for like general movement, I guess, walking, running, things like that. Any kind of tips for people who are on their feet a lot? Uh, yeah, so definitely, you know, just listening to your body. So if you're going from like a completely or pretty sedentary life to maybe let's say a job that is more physical, uh, and I kind of give this advice to people who like are just coming off an injury or surgery and they're going back to work where they're standing a lot. I get this a lot with like people who are like waiters or waitresses um, is to kind of just practice walking and practice movements you do. So if you're, you know, a waiter or waitress and you're spending eight hours on your feet nonstop then and you're getting ready to go to work or you, you know, you're getting into a routine of work just on the days that you're you're not working or leading up to work, just getting in more walking. And, and it's kind of like, like, like you and I are familiar with training for sports, but it's kind of like that, like trying to kind of train yourself for what you're about to do, because then it will make those activities easier. If that makes sense. That does make sense. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. Um, the other day, uh, Joey and I were getting ready for vacation and we knew we were going to be drinking on vacation. So in preparation for vacation, we had like a glass of wine every night for a couple <laughs> of nights because we hadn't drank in like weeks and we were like, yeah. there's no way we'll be ready for this. And so we like think about it, you know, in some <laughs> aspects of life, but it, it's, it is so interesting to, you know, I, I don't talk to any other physical therapists. So th these are just, it's like, you're shining a light on all these conversations, all these thoughts that like totally make sense intellectually, but I've never thought of before. So I'm, I hope other people are having these same light bulbs <laughs> flip on <off> to them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm totally, obviously I'm like a hundred percent into, you know, the human body and fitness, but you know, even if I have someone who, you know, has a more physical job where they're lifting maybe and packing boxes a lot, um, you know, getting, getting a workout in where you're doing like deadlifts and squats, it doesn't have to be crazy weight, but just doing those movements is going to make your everyday work activities so much easier. Yeah, I remember hearing about this a lot. Um, there was, you know, a lot of my 20s, I was way more into, you know, working out and like kind of plyometric, um, you know, uh, natural movements that we use in our everyday way more than I am now. I think, um, you know, just from being in the military and having to work, like having to work out and being in college sports. Anytime you like have to do something and you don't have a choice, it's like way less fun. It kind of takes all the fun out of it. Right, right, right. Um, but like <laughs> <Agreed>. when, <laughs> when I was in, before I was active duty, you know, those first four years that I was in the army reserves, all of my exercise was of my own accord. Pretty much. I only had to pass like one physical training test or one or two a year. Um, okay. And so anything in between that I was, you know, I was choosing to do. Um, mm -hmm. But that was like something that I really learned, you know, from working with kids and the years that I bartended and served. Um, when I was doing the motions in my workouts that were akin to what I was doing at work, I was just so much visibly stronger when it came to work and like doing those movements, you know, it's, it's so like yeah. Mr. Miyagi, it's so karate, <laughs> like 
This yeah. is, these are the movements that you have to do. So why not strengthen them? Why not use those muscles um, and, and strengthen the muscles around them? Yeah, exactly. Cool. Okay. Um, all right. So can you tell us a little bit about, um, I guess some of the stuff that you, cause you said that you were, you've been writing like educational stuff for blogs and things like that mm -hmm. a little bit more online. Is there anything that like you like more specifically prefer to write about or that people ask you more to write about? Um, is there anything that you can kind of educate us on just like generally that you've been maybe doing some research or writing on? Yeah. Um, so I, I contribute to uh, two different blogs regularly. Um, one is more of a um, website that is all about like back pain. Uh, that's like kind of what they're about back pain, but they also talk about neck pain, shoulder pain. So a lot of the stuff I write about is uh, just educating why, like maybe why you have this pain in your shoulder. So I kind of just go through different things that could lead to shoulder pain. Uh, and then I guide people, I just talk them through exercises you can do, just general exercises that, that might help. Um, and then another blog I contribute to regularly is geared more towards seniors, which is, was definitely not my wheelhouse at first, since I was so used to working with a younger, more active uh, population. But I kind of liked that I had this because it, it just opens my eyes to, well, I, first of all, I'm all about anyone can do anything if, if you, and you could scale it back appropriately. So it kind of just pushed me to really explore that. Um, so I write, and, and that's more of a, you know, let's list 10 exercises for, you know, healthy knees or how to lose weight, you know, when you're past 60. So, and that's more just like specific, you know, this is the exercise and then talks to people through the exercise. So I like that because for a while I was doing a lot of um, like in-person stuff, but I like that through text, I can even educate people just by writing an article. Yeah, and you get to reach way more people than could possibly come, you know, through your office or do one-on-one -on -one calls with. For sure. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Um, so I'm also very interested in the um, uh, the one that you said was geared more towards seniors. Um, yeah. I think working with children, um, like I said, uh, for so many years. So I ran a fitness studio for kids um, up in Boston for a little over uh, roughly five years. Um, cool. But I, I've awesome. worked, I, I babysat for a couple of years before that, um, like mm. as a nanny. Um, okay. And so I've worked with kids ranging from literally six weeks up until like 12 years old. And, okay. you know, it's interesting with kids how you can see them develop certain skills at certain ages. Like usually two-year-olds have a really hard time jumping. Like they can't lift their feet up off the ground. Um, okay. When they, they try to jump, they just kind of like bend their knees. Um, <laughs> and then like, you know, four-year-olds really have a hard time skipping. They just can't get that like knee up part of skipping. And so uh -huh. the more you work with children, the more you kind of develop an understanding of like at what age usually these things happen. Um, right, right. That's it so really, cool. yeah, it was, it was really interesting, really eye-opening. Um, and so it, it's very interesting to me. Recently, I've become very interested in like uh, the human brain and specifically the female brain. Um, mm -hmm. I think, uh, you know, in the last six years or so I've had you know my elder family start to pass away and it's just so interesting to kind of think about like what's in my future you know for 
Alzheimer's and, you know, arthritis and like what my body is going to like start to do as we get older and what we can do to kind of prevent that, um, you know, our, our bodies just kind of like, what's the word? Um, not degrading. Uh, deteriorate? Deteriorating. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it's, it's scary. scary. It's very frightening. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so to kind of, uh, I don't know, it, 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 I, I, I think I would just be very interested to kind of see um, or work with seniors or kind of talk to them um, because, you know, uh, Joey and I recently got engaged and his parents are a little bit um, you know, they're the same age as my parents. They're the same age as your parents, roughly. Right. Um, and Joey's mom was actually our school nurse. Did you know that? Oh, uh, what, um, I, you know, now that you mention it, I, I do remember that. <laughs> in high, high school, right? Yeah, in high school. Yeah. Pretty funny, right? So, Small world. That is funny. Yeah. Is she still there or is she retired? Uh, she retired a couple of years ago. Good for her. Wow. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so my fiance's uh, parents are, you know, uh, 50, 60. I actually have no idea. I hope Gloria is not listening right now, but <laughs> they are much more open to, um, to like different ways of looking at medicine and different ways of, you know, moving their body. And I, I think a lot of our parents age kind of, uh, a lot of our parents age generation just kind of does the same thing that they've been doing if it works. Um, and maybe their eyes aren't necessarily open to lots of other ways of doing things. And I don't think that that's just their generation. I think our generation does that too. You know, it's kind of that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. People right. just get accustomed <laughs> to doing things the way that they've always done them because they've always mm -hmm. done them that way. And if right. it works, it's good enough for them. Um, and so it's been really cool to kind of see his parents just develop interests and research different um, ways of, you know, exercising their body and their minds um, and things like that, because it's so important to kind of open your eyes to all these different possibilities, because maybe there, you know, maybe there is a way to kind of prevent certain arthritis um, and certain Alzheimer's and things like that, but we have to exercise and practice those ways. Uh, just knowing about it isn't really enough. Yeah, yeah, of course. My, um, yeah, both my both my parents were pretty active like when I was growing up. So I guess that's kind of how I knew like okay, exercise is something you should do. Um, and they're both very different. Like my dad is, he used to like go, get into like bodybuilding when he was eighteen. So like he still has like the old school weight set and you know <laughs> our 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 finished garage where he like does all that stuff. And my mom really enjoys jazzercise and she's tried to. Um, you know, try other things like she's tried um, like Pilates, she's tried uh, like a boot camp, but she's she still goes back to jazzercise because she just loves it. And I mean, you know, it's it's still exercise. She's still motivated to go somewhere and be with people and exercise. And you know, it, yeah, maybe it is a little bit more old school, but it works for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, if you're healthy and what you're doing is working, stick to what you're doing because yeah. it's working. Uh, I mean, I loved the couple of times that I did, you know, jazzercise like VHS videos that like me and my yes. friends found like in <laughs> high school and college. Um, I always loved it. I was like, this is great. And I actually liked it now, like hindsight. I never really liked Zumba, but I always enjoyed those like fun 90s, 80s and 90s like jazzercise videos. <laughs> Yeah, that's really yeah. funny. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, so much of 
all of our habits come from our parents. So if your parents are doing good, healthy, positive habits, you'll learn those good, positive, healthy habits. Um, but we also, you know, as, as we go through our own experiences, we develop our own habits and likes and dislikes. Um, but yeah, it's interesting for you to have the opportunity to be able to talk and to educate, um, you know, the seniors. Uh, do you ever get like responses from those blogs, like from seniors who are reading? Um, so the the website that I write for for seniors is currently still in development. So we're not at that stage oh. yet. I think we're people, yeah, where people are commenting on it. Um, but I have gotten so I mean I have gotten comments from um, you know patients who might have been a little bit older, where you know I send them videos or even stuff that I've posted and you know, they, it, it is, it, it like warms your heart a little bit to hear people of all different ages, especially the older people who, like I said, it's not my, my strong suit educating the older population, but when they, you know, see something I put out there and they're like, oh, this was really helpful. And, you know, I was able to do it. It's so great. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the same thing with working with kids. I mean, you, you work with a three-year-old who's maybe a little behind on jumping and like, when he gets it, it's like so exciting. And like, it's so exciting to like, to watch somebody do something that they haven't done before that you helped to teach them, you know? Or even if you don't get to watch them do it, but like them telling you about it, it it's, it is really cool. Yeah, um, yeah. That brings me back to what you said um, earlier about like, anyone can do anything if you like scale it back a little bit. Um, and I think that that's such an important reminder for people like on any level uh, in any practice, like if you set your site to do something and you start, you know, small and work towards it, like you really, we really all can do anything. Yeah, agreed. And I think, you know, with, with fitness, I feel like it's, it's tough because there's some people who just classify themselves as, oh, I don't, I don't exercise. I don't like to sweat. I don't like to get my heart rate up, but it's just, it's so important to, to move your body to some extent. So it, you know, just, just because, you know, maybe a, a doctor says, Hey, you got to get out and exercise. It doesn't mean you need to go, go do CrossFit. You know, it's just, it's something just start, start small. Maybe it is just walking, you know, to your mailbox a few times, a few times a day or walking down the block just, just once, you know, starting small is definitely better than, you know, just saying it's not for me and not doing it at all. Yeah. Um, so I guess, um, we can like wrap it up here in a couple of minutes, but, um, just kind of like to final thoughts, wrapping it up, um, for somebody who does live a like totally sedentary lifestyle, who happens to hear this, who happens to be listening to this podcast, um, and, you know, wants to like take those kind of first steps. Are there any, like, I guess, why, like, I guess why on that, like why it's so important to move your body, just kind of like general things on like, I don't know, benefits. I, I feel like it's almost, it's everywhere. How could you not know it? But like, I guess in simplest terms. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm, I'm not saying anything that's, that's new or revolutionary, but if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you aren't, and one example I like to use is, you know, if you say you have something going on with your knee, maybe even it's small and you avoid stairs and you stop going up and down stairs, you're, you're going to lose the ability to go up and down stairs. And, you know, if you're now where, you, you know, you don't have a job where you're commuting 
to work, you know, it, you know, if that means commuting to the city, walking around, if you're not walking, you're not getting those steps in, you're not moving as much as you used to, you're going to, your body's going to lose the ability to do that. And movement, movement is so important for quality of life. If you can't, you know, if you don't have the energy to, to walk down the block because you haven't done it in a while, you're not going to have the energy to, to, to play with your kids or your grandkids. So um, you got to move. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in the most basic of terms, you do have to move. Um, yeah. yeah, I read this book um, a couple of years ago uh, called The Little Book of Huga, and it's uh, the Danish word for like happiness and like comfort. Um, and the guy was talking about like these pillars for happiness. Um, okay. And I, I forget what this like was kind of umbrellaed under I forget what the pillar was but he talked about how he so he's a, a researcher he's the Danish Danish researcher of happiness and it's like the one of the only happiness institutes in the world where they study what makes us happy um, wow. and he was talking about how throughout the day he would do push-ups for whatever reason and of course this is like some like tall, handsome, Scandinavian man, like <laughs> probably super athletic and super fit. Um, and they, he talks about how uh, in his country, uh, in Denmark, everybody bikes to work and um, the wow. government actually pays you if you have a bike, like even in addition to a car, but if you bike to work, you get like a stipend or something like on, on top of your, you know, salary. Um, wow. <laughs> and it's to really encourage, you know, to discourage pollution and to encourage people, you know, to ride their bikes. Uh, but the, like the community that's created by biking to work and waving to your neighbors and like seeing your neighbors and being outside and being in nature, um, it, it's like a whole many, many things. Um, um, that contribute yeah. to your happiness. Um, but he talks about doing push-ups uh, like at work for whatever, for, I forget if it's like a punishment or a reward or whatever, but he does like like 20 to 30 push-ups throughout the day in like increments of three to five push-ups, you know? And yeah. he talks about like always taking the stairs um, and instead of taking stationary meetings, taking your meetings walking. Um, and it's like these little things. Um, and that's actually when I really started to um, like really dance when I said uh, earlier that like when I hear a song that I really like and I am in the mood to dance, like just really dance and like get your heart rate up like that little bit. Um, it's like an adrenaline boost. It's, it's great. It, it is. And like you feel good. I mean, mm -hmm. that's like that's always been my motivation for moving is like, um, you know, the serotonin and, and all like the happy chemicals, uh, that just kind of keep me sane and keep me balanced. Um, yeah. and so it's, it's just, it's just those little bits of movement throughout the day. Um, you know, kind of wherever you can get it in. I think people always think that they're going to be like laughed at or like, I can't, you know, like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to look weird. I don't want to look weird doing push-ups. I don't want to look of weird, course. you know, <laughs> taking the stairs if I don't have to. Um, but I think, you know, we as a society can really like encourage one another or we can discourage one another. Um, so yeah. I too, am a big proponent um, of, you know, getting in that fitness, getting in that movement where you can, um, do you have any other thoughts on this? Any kind of final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I would agree. Don't worry about being the, the weirdo. I mean, I, I've worked in an office where, you know, 
we're all PTs and I'll be standing at my desk, like standing on one leg because I need to work on my balance or, and then, you know, yeah, someone will be like, well, that's weird. But then they'll be like, oh, but that's a good idea. And then it catches on. So don't be afraid to be the weirdo who moves more because it, it might catch on. <laughs> yeah. And I think people will like respect that. And you might be laughed at at first, but like at the end of the day, if people see you doing something that is for like your overall good and they see you benefiting from it, like reaping the benefits from it, everybody kind of reaps the benefits from it. Like you said, it's like an adrenaline boost. Like when you're happier, like you, you give off happierness <laughs> and then other people have more happiness. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. This was so nice chatting. Thank you for helping guide me through what questions to ask. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> um, I really appreciate you doing the, your best to educate people, um, both like through your blogs, through your Instagram. Um, and on this episode, uh, I think there's a lot that people, I mean, I learned a lot just about my desk. I'm really excited to kind of make a couple of changes. Um, cool. I hope that a lot of people also learned a couple of things. Um, this was so great. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, yes. So you can find me at Nicole underscore Lombardo underscore DPT. So it's my full name, Nicole Lombardo um, DPT, which stands for doctor of physical therapy. And a lot of the things we talked about, you could find on my page. So sometimes seeing it is is better than you know hearing it so that could be super helpful yeah everybody go check it out um you know hearing something is great once you see it once you write it once you do it all those things are going to help you retain this and remember this um so learn more about your body do more for your body i love you guys and we'll see you next time <laughs> all right bye thank you thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode for more information on this episode check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz Without a Pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then. <laughs>